Welcome back to Unwarp Reality, a podcast designed to help us see not through, but around the looking glass. Our goal is to help unpack the manipulation and bias prevalent in mainstream media reporting. If you're curious for more background, please listen to episode one, where we discuss in greater detail the motivation and goals for this project. You can find it on our Substack or YouTube channels under Unwarp, that's U-N-W-A-R-P, Reality. I'm Liz, a cybersecurity specialist, cultural anthropologist, and world traveler calling in from New Jersey. And I'm Becca, a psychologist, leadership coach, and social critic coming to you from San Diego. Yeah, we've taken some time off because both of us have moved. So it's been a busy couple of months, but we're really happy to be back. Yeah, and uh, let me just state for the record, moving sucks. Yeah, no doubt. Moving is incredibly stressful, and sadly, it is hard to find good help these days. But such is life, so we won't dwell on it, happily ensconced in our new locations. So it's great to have you back with us. If you want to know a little bit more about who we are, you can check out the bio page on our Substack. In our last episode, we talked about fear-mongering and catastrophization in reporting about nature. Today, we'll continue with the theme of how reporting frames or attempts to reframe with a negative bend our existence in the natural world. Right. Uh, we talked a lot about mainstream media's catastrophizing and their obsession with painting every bit of news in the most negative light. So rather than reporting on the facts or providing balanced perspectives, they strive to make readers feel as scared and insecure as possible. And in the context of the current reporting on weather, there is a clear pattern of avoiding those facts. Yeah, that's correct. So today we'll focus in on the topic of wildfires and their connection with reporting on climate change with an eye towards the bizarre reframing of human interactions with the natural world. Yeah, so sadly, our our two good friends, The New York Times and The Guardian will feature heavily in this episode uh, once again. So um, what do you want to do? Start with The New York Times? Yep, that sounds good. Okay, so here is the title of this gem. Ancient fires drove large mammals extinct, study suggests. Fossils from La Brea tar pits in Southern California suggest that saber-toothed cats and other large North American mammals disappeared as a result of wildfires spurred by human activity. (laughs) Okay, all right. Um, I can tell this one is going to be a lot to unpack. Um, So I guess we should give them props for um, using like correct phrase of study suggests rather than, you know, saying it's the fact, but then they follow that up with an unqualified claim that the wildfires that were spurred by human activity. So wildfires spurred by human activity. And what's the evidence for that? Fossils? Yeah, fossils. Okay. So I really wonder how they're able to determine that human activity contributed this to this when we have a hard time determining the cause of fires currently. I mean, first it's climate change, then it's a 71 year old arsonist, but more on that. Right, 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 right. Um, Okay, (laughs) so yeah, before we get to that, um, let's stay on this one. So, all right, Um, just to begin the first sentence of this article, like it's starting off with a falsehood saying that wildfires are getting worse. So in the references, we'll link several articles and tweets with data demonstrating that in fact, this is not the case. So wildfires are not getting worse. They might be um, like 
there might be more wildfires in certain locations at certain points in time, but like writ large, they are not getting worse. So it might seem like they are because we hear about them more and more. And, you know, the instant that something happens that the mainstream media can jump on and, and blow it out of proportion, they're, they're doing it. So that's why you might be feeling like, oh, no, they absolutely are getting worse. Yeah. And just to be clear, we're not trying to deny the fact that wildfires can cause significant and severe damage and loss of life. And this is a tragedy. But absolutely no one any good to be falsely claiming that the situation is getting worse, when in reality, the data suggests that it isn't. This demonstrates a lack of journalistic integrity, and it fuels anxiety. Right, 100%. But okay, so we're talking about current events, right? Um, as per the <laughs> this line in this article, which is supposed to be talking about the ancient past. So I, I, anyway, I, why is that sentence even in there? Yeah, great point. It, it's a non sequitur. So let's get back yeah. to that. Okay, so um, what evidence do they have that these fires in the past were spurred by human activity or that they caused the extinction of the ancient animals? Yeah, it turns out not much, right? So the researchers were investigating animal fossils in the La Brea tar pits. And the author of the New York Times article says the study concludes that, quote, disappearance of saber-toothed cats, direwolves, and other large animals in this region nearly 13,000 years ago was linked to rising temperatures and increased fire activity spurred by people. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. Um, All right. That is an interesting line. So, all right, just a couple of questions. So uh, there, there were increased temperatures 13,000 years ago. Uh, We don't, know how they know that but okay but then my question to them would be is that the result of the fossil fuel usage and deforestation also caused by those ancient humans or did the author like inadvertently provide support for the argument that global temperatures have in fact fluctuated sometimes significantly over centuries and millennia for reasons that are outside of human control or Are they saying that the human created wildfires were the cause of these increased temperatures? I was like, I'm not, I'm not really sure what's going on there. Yeah. The the interpretation of this sentence is largely unclear, but when placed in the context of this article, I think they want you to assume that humans were, were the cause of the increasing temperature, whether that's substantiated by fact or not. So you quote an evolutionary biologist as saying, we implicate humans as being the primary cause of the tipping point. (laughs) You know, what, what obviously is the follow-up question, what happened in La Brea? Is it happening now? What? No, of course it's not happening now. I, what are they talking about? This is so insane. Wait, are they are they literally saying that like humans are about to cause like a mass extinction of a large subset of animals? It doesn't even make sense. All right, well, I don't. We might have to get off this one because it's like they're it's really extreme. They're they're reaching um, a lot to try to draw these comparisons. For I'm not really sure what the rationale is, but anyway, it's just so. Even if you can make determinations based on fossil evidence of certain uh, certain types of activity that may have occurred at a time, right? You can't pin it down to like something specific humans were doing at a specific point in time and then extrapolate that to say like the extent of the effects of that 
specific behavior, right? And the other thing is like they they do acknowledge later in the article that mass extinction was happening elsewhere in the world at the same time. But then they go on to say, oh, that was probably for different reasons. So like massive wildfires are like happening in, in one place and that's definitely the rationale for extinction. But like elsewhere, like what what's the rationale elsewhere? It, it, to me, it seems more likely that if we're looking at a given moment in time that the same reason for extinction is probably occurring like um, around the globe or I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm way off. Yeah. And th- but beyond that, the evidence that they supposedly provide for drawing these conclusions is based off of modeling. And we've talked about modeling before. It's, it's not an unuseful tool, but it doesn't produce these definitive answers that scientists and the authors that write about scientific pieces claim that they do. The, the data yeah, well, in, in particular in the past, right? Like exactly. 13,000 in, years ago, we didn't there's have all factors you don't even know about online data points being collected. So it's, yeah. just, it's, it's much wiser and would be more useful if the reporting about this would highlight the things that we don't know, the speculative nature of these conclusions, right? So let's just stop talking about this because honestly, we could go on forever. I just want to point out before we move on, though, that this piece ends as inflammatorily as it began by telling us that what we are seeing today, increasing human pressures combined with and actually causing climate change, is like a lesson from the past on steroids. Actually, the article, <laughs> right? What? And then the scientist, Dr. Varnofsky, adds that these changes are not gradual, but quick and catastrophic, a totally baseless claim, right? So there's no evidence that wildfires are getting worse. There's plenty of evidence that direct human interaction with the environment and not climate change as a whole is the cause of many of these wildfires. And to argue that that human action is going to cause quick and catastrophic destruction is just irresponsible. Yeah, that's... I, that is actually like proven to be not true because when humans are doing things that could have a quick and or catastrophic effect, like other humans step in to prevent that. So anyway, all right. Um, okay. So there's also another underlying message that this article is um, seeming to put forth. And that's the idea that all natural change can be tied back to human activity, which as scientists and uh, people doing research in this area know that, I mean, it's just not accurate, right? Like the other thing is that humans are adaptable and they can respond to environmental pressures in different ways. So when you're reading this article, it seems like both the author and then the scientists interviewed feel like the billions of humans alive today don't like, don't care anything about the environment. Like we're like, Oh, let's just uh, move on with our lives as it, as it burns around us, which isn't the case. So I think most people understand the value of preserving nature and learning to live without over exploiting it, but also humans in order to survive must by necessity use nature. So like our activity, the activity of other species is always gonna be working to alter the environment in some way. And when problems arise, we are innovative and, and we generate solutions. So even if there are changes that, that are 
maybe negative in some way, which we can all acknowledge that there are like there, there's ways to cope. There's ways to solutionize and not catastrophize. Yeah, exactly. So first and foremost, there's a lack of recognition that humans are one species that shares the globe with many others. Of course, we do have a large impact, but a lot of things are happening outside of human control, but human agency allows us to respond to both human-made and naturally occurring situations that we need to confront. Fear-mongering is not an effective method to either disseminate accurate information or to put people in an effective state of mind so that they have the ability to engage in the adaption and innovation that we need. And the focus on human action causing climate change as the source of wildfires is mostly unhelpful because it's inaccurate and points to a large nebulous cause without a really clear solution. And according to the National Geographic, roughly 95% of the wildfires in California are caused by direct human action, not through climate change, but individual carelessness or intentional activity. Yeah, I mean, so isn't that like, look at the situation in Greece, right? Like wildfires are raging and they were instantly blamed on climate change, but there have been something like over a hundred arrests um, and it's 79 of them, something, uh, right? That's the latest statistic, 79, specifically for arson tied to the blazes. So it's malevolent, excuse me, malevolent actions and not just general human activity is the cause of those fires. So this is reported. Um, yes, you can find it, but it's not the favored narrative. And even when they do acknowledge that like a <laughs> like an individual human or a small group of humans took an action that this was the result of, um, they still have to couple it with climate change in every breath. Yeah, exactly right. Because they're very loath to place accuracy over ideology. So most of the mainstream media outlets will continue to argue for their preferred narrative, even in the face of evidence to the contrary. Just as an example, we do have to give credit to ABC News for acknowledging that climate change can't be blamed entirely for the Maui wildfires, but they still in the article go on to make the connection between global warming and the fire. You know, it's getting harder not to see the influence of financial motives as well, right? Like many outlets like AP recently are getting grants to cover stories related to the climate narrative. So I don't know, let's uh, let's use this as an opportunity to transition to current reporting by the activist favorite propaganda mouthpiece, The Guardian, who claimed that, quote, a freakish season of record temperatures, wildfire smoke and the destruction of Lahaina could soon become normal, climate experts say. This is patently absurd. So according to researchers, there is no evidence that climate change was the cause of that blaze. And in fact, it is likely human incompetence, as well as the fight over releasing water that led to the terrible destruction. So again, here we have human action or inaction on the small scale, not climate change writ large, being the cause of the troubling events and also the exacerbation of the negative outcomes. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, this Guardian article is literal garbage. So they handpick very specific instances, along with using these insane apocalyptic images designed to make the reader believe that the world is literally falling apart. They present facts without any context. Natural disasters will always happen. 
there is little evidence that they are happening with greater frequency due to any cause, let alone climate change. Secondarily, and more importantly, what fails to get reported also is the fact that humans adapt. As a result of this adaptation, fewer and fewer people die from natural disasters because we have better emergency preparedness, better infrastructure, better buildings, better safety protocols. All of this should be celebrated. Instead, the doomsayers focus only on the negative, providing a very biased and inaccurate assessment that fuels beliefs that we're going to face a catastrophic collapse of civilization soon. It's socially irresponsible. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is, you're right, it is absolutely. And, you know, as we pointed out last episode, many of the problems that we're facing are temporary. So extreme heat might seem like it lasts forever, but in most places, it's very seasonal. And just, you know, again, to go back to facts, uh, sorry, heat related deaths are actually significantly fewer than cold related deaths. And heat related deaths are solvable by things like increasing access to technology uh, or better availability of energy to help cool the environment. So once again, the key is to cultivate resilience and come up with solutions that are feasible, um, not to focus on lack of agency or the catastrophization of normal events. Right, exactly. We should live life expecting that shit is going to happen. There's literally no way to eliminate the effects of some environmental events or natural disasters. They're a part of the reality of living life. We can learn to be resilient in the face of challenges by controlling our own behavior, even when we can't control the larger events that occur around us. Yeah, exactly. So again, we should not expect that bad things will never happen. We should keep focusing on positives. And when we read articles, we should look for the holes in the logic or missing evidence presented to sway us to their side. So both these articles we talked about and some additional information are linked in the episode references for you to take a look at at your leisure. We're going to wrap it here. Thank you once again so much for listening. And we'll see you next time as we continue on our journey to unwarp reality. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Please send comments, questions, and episode ideas to our email at unwarpreality at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.